of hotel keeping had nothing to do with him. If the woman offered him quarters, it was not for him to argue with her whether the said quarters were legitimately hers to offer. But the porter, evidently a little thrilled, accompanied the guest up to the room and supplied in a mixture of French and English details omitted by the landlady. And Minturn, the schoolmaster, soon shared the thrill with him, and found himself in the atmosphere of a possible tragedy. All who know the peculiar excitement that belongs to lofty mountain valleys, where dangerous climbing is a chief feature of the attractions, will understand a certain faint element of high alarm that goes with the picture. One looks up at the desolate, soaring ridges and thinks involuntarily of the men who find their pleasure for days and nights together, scaling perilous summits among the clouds and conquering inch by inch the icy peaks that forever shake their dark terror in the sky. The atmosphere of adventure, spiced with the possible horror of a very grim order of tragedy, is inseparable from any imaginative contemplation of the scene. And the idea in turn gleaned from the half-frightened porter lost nothing by his ignorance of the language. This Englishwoman, the real occupant of the room, had insisted on going without a guide. She had left just before daybreak, two days before the porter had seen her start, and she had not returned. The route was difficult and dangerous, yet not impossible for a skilled climber, even a solitary one. And the Englishwoman was an experienced mountaineer. Also, she was self-willed, careless of advice, bored by warnings, self-confident to a degree. Queer, moreover, she kept entirely to herself and sometimes remained in her room with locked doors, admitting no one for days together, a crank, evidently, of the first water. This much Minturn gathered clearly enough from the porter's talk while his luggage was brought in and the room set to rights. Further, too, that the search party had gone out and might, of course, return at any moment in which case, thus the room was empty, yet still hers. Monsieur did not object if the risk he ran of having to turn out suddenly in the night. It was the loquacious porter who furnished the details that made the transaction questionable, and Minturn dismissed the loquacious porter as soon as possible, and prepared to get into the hastily arranged bed and snatch all the hours of sleep he could before he was turned out. At first, it must be admitted, he felt uncomfortable, distinctly uncomfortable. He was in someone else's room. He had really no right to be there. It was in the nature of an unwarrantable intrusion, and while he unpacked, he kept looking over his shoulder as though someone were watching him from the corners. Any moment, it seemed, he would hear a step in the passage, a knock would come at the door, the door would open, and there he would see this vigorous Englishwoman looking him up and down with anger. Worse still, he would hear her voice asking him what he was doing in her room, her bedroom. Of course, he had an adequate explanation, but still... Then reflecting that he was already half undressed, the humor of it flashed for a second across his mind, and he laughed quietly. And at once, after that laughter under his breath, came the sudden sense of the tragedy he had felt before, perhaps even while he smiled.
Her body lay broken and cold down those awful heights, the wind and snow playing over her hair, her glazed eyes staring sightless up to the stars, made him shudder. The sense of this woman who he had never seen, whose name even he did not know, became extraordinarily real. He could almost imagine that she was somewhere in the room with him, hidden, observing all he did. He opened the door softly to put his boots outside, and when he closed it again he turned the key. Then he finished unpacking and distributed his few things about the room. It was soon done, for in the first place... He had only a small gladstone and knapsack, and secondly, the only place where he could spread his clothes was the sofa. There was no chest of drawers in the cupboard, and unusually large and solid one was locked. The Englishwoman's things had evidently been hastily put away in it. The only sign of her recent presence was...